0: Welcome to Men Are Nuts, a podcast about mental health, emotional health, psychological health, physical health awareness in men, women and society. First, it started with MEN, the acronym for Men Are Nuts. And we have a very special guest on the show for you today. Um, But judging by her accent, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to presume anything, but what's your name? Where are you from? And, you know, introduce yourself
1: sure well andrew i want to thank you for you know providing me with the opportunity um, my name is Celita harvey and i hail right now from baltimore maryland i'm originally from jersey i'm a jersey girl and i'm you know i'm, I'm excited to have this you know this conversation this open dialogue and to inspire so many not just african americans but everybody to really focus on um, you know the importance of their mental health because you're going to be in your your soul your body for a very long time <laughs>
0: yeah <laughs> that's a good point actually very good point point. and what time is it there where you are
1: it is 10 8 a.m
0: so are these are these normal are these is this like an early morning for you are you normally up and about or you know is this what's 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 the mornings like for you
1: My morning is not having to have my alarm on. (laughs) If I don't have to have my alarm on, I'm I'm so good. But it's normally my my two cats that are my alarms and wake me up like, Mom, I'm ready to eat. I'm like, okay, the audacity is loud. Can you turn it down a notch? So when they wake me up and I'll get up and feed them, but then I'll go lay back down. But then they still want to come bother me. I'm like, can you go eat, please? Leave me alone. <laughs> <Yeah. this> space. <laughs> it's but funny. typically around this time, I I am up. I do run my own um, art business company, Pure Vision Art Company LLC. She just turned six this past February.
0: Fantastic, fantastic. So, we'll, we'll talk about that later. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about that in a bit because um, I just want to I just want to, for the moment, focus on your cats. Um, <laughs> your cats i know there's a, there's this thing that they say about cats that um they um the the what it is they get up they wake up and eat move around eat eat and there's nothing else it's, it's funny isn't it because you know we often say um we often associate um, certain terminologies to 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 animals and quite often you know when they say things like um i don't know like a negative wing so they might say oh uh, you stop acting like an animal a wild animal or whatever and quite often animals don't act as as well as anything like as we do as humans like we say that's an instance there with were uh, cats um I remember, okay. my son, I remember my son having a cat and you know when, as soon as i'd walk in the house it was you know um and you know we're not to get you know my, my son's in england now at the moment but when we had when he had a cat and i'd go around he'd a cat would come around my feet and <laughs> and basically, it's looking for attention. Obviously, it wants food and it wants attention. So we, and and that's their life, isn't it? A life of a cat. Yeah. I, I told
1: my mom and I joke about it with my you know, my friends and everybody on social media. I said, you know what? If I come back, I'm coming back as a cat. My friend said, why? I said, because they live in their best life. My cats <laughs> live good. I mean, Joey, he's half tabby, half Maine Coon god he's not cool blooming coon because they some big cats and if he got that big he's paying rent i'm putting him to work <laughs> yeah. you know i've had him since 2013 and um joey he's the cool cat he 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 likes to you know debo me like Debo from um, Friday, <laughs>
2: yeah,
1: yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Like his <laughs> Oh my goodness, he does. He tries to debo me every single day because he knows, you know, Saturdays is when him and his sister, you know, I set she's Himalayan, they get wet cat food. He tries debo me every single day. He in the kitchen. I'm in the kitchen. I'm like, why well, every time I'm in the kitchen, you gotta be in the kitchen. You know, I like, I like pig feet. I know you like pig feet. You like cat food. <laughs> so I'm like, Joe, Yo, you out the kitchen and. He don't move, and I'm like, you know what? The audacity with you is
0: just high, dude. Yeah, yeah. he don't pay me no mind. Yeah. He don't care. Yeah, cats are cats. Are, also, cats are because we're talking about um, life and spirituality and, and mental health and all that sort of stuff. Sp- um, cats are known for um, there's a spiritual side to them, isn't there? I think it's different colours oh, for different. Oh yes. Where, and even even then you, I was about to say you name them because you went. Um, what's his name? What such and such is the cool cat. And so they have so we know now that they do have personalities.
1: Oh yes, and especially my my animals ever since I was a kid, you know having a, a large family and you know, siblings and everybody had it was like Dr. Doolittle and just animal farm. We had all types of animals. But
2: yeah.
1: my cats, those that have met them and I do post them on social media. They're quite entertaining. Yeah. They're freaking frack. I mean, Joey you know, I'm a very spiritual person. I grew up and was raised a Hebrew Israelite, so I do adhere to Judaism, and so do both my parents. And so I have a very, you know, very very strong um, foundation. So, but I'm more spiritual more than any anything. Well, I know my Joey. He never leaves me, and when I tell you, he never leaves me. He never leaves me like I can't even go use the restroom or take a shower if I close the door He's at the door. He's scratching the door like a dog. Yeah,
2: yeah,
1: yeah. so I don't I don't really close bathroom doors or my bedroom door Because he's very protective He wants to make sure I'm good. So it's like in the evenings um, As I'm preparing to get ready for bed my smaller cat a set She's the diva. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I have never she 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 does stuff that Joey has never done, and, um, and we just look at me and Joey. We just look at each other like, "Dude, get your sister," and he's like, "Mom, get your daughter." You know, he just gives me that that type of look. But they're like the the night shift. You know, he's in the living room, like he's keeping guard, and then she's in here with me. And then in the middle of the night, they'll switch. But she's always the one that wakes me up.
0: Yeah, yeah. And let's let's talk yeah. about let's talk about um, Baltimore and. For the listeners out there, what's you know, where's Baltimore in terms of um, the, the the map of USA and what's it like to live there?
1: Okay, well, you know, Baltimore is on the east coast and to, you know, live here well my family we moved here about the middle of my fifth grade year, so I will say around roughly uh, Ninety-five, and it was very different. Um, we never lived in Baltimore City or Baltimore County. You know, I grew up mostly, you know, Howard County, you know, our and um, Howard County area, or as they like to say, county county bounties. I was like, I don't know what that is, but I live in the suburbs. <laughs> <laughs> so it was very, it was very different because up north, especially in Jersey, you know, I'm friends with was friends with people from all different types of walks of life and whatnot and it wasn't until i moved to maryland that i got called the n-word in fifth grade right in class and i was like you know fifth grader i'm like oh my god like i knew that that's not good to call somebody yeah but you know kids are mean they they're really they're really mean and i got called that I lost count in elementary school. So it was kind of a, like a, I won't say a culture shock, but it was like, how dare you? That's not right, don't, don't say that. Yeah. And then the area that we lived in, there weren't many black families. I think we were like one of five and just going to like the Rite Aid, which is a pharmacy um, store, my mother you know she had to go get some makeup and the woman told her that you know we don't have that kind of stuff for your kind you're gonna to have to go into into baltimore to get it
0: right how my mom was ago, just how shocked long, how long ago was this then
1: this was back i would say about 95 96. wow yeah so it wasn't really that you know Long ago, but it got it got better because a lot of people, you know, if you've grown up in an urban way of living, like city, you know, sometimes you know you get to the point where you're like, you know, I want different. I want to do something different. Yeah, and a lot of people moved from Baltimore City, Baltimore County, you know, out into the other counties because it's a it's a very different way. Of, of living you know you're not stuck <laughs> you're not a tree it's like if you're not happy about something you do have the ability um, to move so after some years after some time we started seeing like more black families moving into the area that we were living in and it, it, felt, it felt good I know for me it was interesting because just in elementary school like I was I think I was like one out of five african-american kids Just one out of five. And having to interact was interesting because I listened to all different types of um, music, My, my parents and my siblings, and I got made fun of. You know, I was a thick girl, short girl, thick girl, natural curly hair, I didn't look like everybody else, but I didn't feel bad about being myself. You know, my, I'm fiercely independent independent I've been that way since I was a child
2: yeah
1: my be, my best friend he used to say Salita he's like you're so stubborn I said I'm not stubborn I have leadership qualities and you're just jealous <laughs> 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 so I'm just thankful that like I had that that mindset at that time and being so young and so far ahead you know spiritually you know mentally to be able to notice exactly what was going on and that's due to my my parents and my, my grandparents they made sure I was very socially aware Yeah. that I wasn't walking around with with blinders on and then my brother um growing up was very protective of his sister so it's like you know I could say Eddie so-and-so's messing with me and he didn't care he was like well, I'm gonna go take care of it So, but he did teach me how to fight and so did my dad so I could handle myself I got hands I still do (laughs) (laughs) I still do but just the way that I grew up I'm thankful for that because it prepared me so much for how we live now being socially aware being very aware of your surroundings not so much being in your phone I mean I won't even really talk on my phone when I'm in the store I get to the store. I'm in the car. I could be talking to my father, and I'm like, "Dad, I'm, I'm gonna have to call you back." I'm about to get out the car, and I gotta go into the store, and I have to be able to my surroundings. He gets it, and then I call him back when I get the car, so I'm not missing nothing. You can't sneak up on me.
0: That's but. what I, I suppose. That's where, <laughs> I suppose. That's where I'm trying to come from. Is is trying to get the picture of for, for the people out there. What is what is is what is Baltimore like? Is it is it a quiet town? Is it a quiet city? Is it is it um, I mean, and things, and things, and things like the weather and stuff like you said. It's east. Is that east? Is that close to east coast? Is that like um east? That would be near. I've got to think now.
1: East coast is like uh, three hours, uh, roughly about three hours from um, New York.
0: It's about movie, that. Should is it like Chicago that area? Is it around that? Side? Is it cold? Is, it, is that kind of that kind of climate?
1: yeah it's cold we, we experience all four seasons
0: yeah so, so it's around like it's like Chicago New York that kind of area then where it's kind of cold
1: yeah, yeah. but see New York kind of cold is a different kind of <laughs> I, I used to live in I used to live in Manhattan I went to school in Manhattan that type of cold is nothing compared to like here it's like almost night and day in a sense because that's that's disrespectful, cold. Down here is Baltimore. Is I'm just gonna slap you. Up there is disrespectful, Cole.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, because I remember, because I remember, remember when I went to New York, and there was at the time it was the summertime. It was a, it was extreme. Gosh, it was extreme weather heat for that time. Oh, of year, I think it was yes. like hundred and something in New York, and it was a time oh, where yeah. they'd had record. Um, Heat down there, and the, the, you know, the trains were running, and people oh. people were um, were struggling to. You know, the trains were struggling. The whole thing was was getting shut down, and things like because it was that hot. Um, so, Baltimore, Baltimore. What are the people like? What's it, what's you know? You said you is it? You said you've you've lived there for um, a certain period. As it. As it, What was it like then and what is it like now? Is there it, is it, is it, is it a change? Is a culture change? Or is it, is it a sort of place where you go and you say hi to somebody? And, you know, what, what's it like?
1: What's it like? Well, it's... It kind of reminds me of, you know, being in New York. Like, there's friendly people, though. I'm not saying that everybody in Baltimore is mean and all this kind of stuff. But, you know, people get in their little funky moods. No, but Baltimore is <laughs> very diverse there's so many different things you know art the sights to see the food i mean old bay is king and that's a seasoning anybody would tell you if you go to maryland you go to baltimore make, you, make sure you get some of the maryland um crab cakes with the old bay they love their old Bay. they like to eat so there's so many different places to eat at and it's very sociable like you can go out you can have a you know good time but you just have to be mindful of where you are because you know things can happen no no matter where you go really? but it's just you know just to be just to be mindful but you know I don't like to deter anybody you know from coming to Baltimore because you hear so so much especially like if they were going to like Google certain things and it's Google rate this that and Prime is everywhere, number one. Number two, you still got to live your life. But Baltimore has so many great qualities art, culture. You got the sign Inner Harbor is very, very, very big. And it's changed a lot from how it used to be back in like the mid nineties. Now they have so much available. There's so much, so many things to do is like, just hop on Google and find out what's going on in the city like that weekend. Uh, typically every year, especially during the summer, they would have Artscape. And that's where you can see all the talent, local and far, and just see the, the diversity, like music, food, and everybody's having a good time just you know and and just enjoying all those sweet moments and funny moments and you'll see people dancing like hey i want to dance too you know i'm one of those people who get up there and dance and don't care but there's there's so much to learn and it's like you've really got to come and experience it for yourself i know a lot of people like to go to fell's point which has like tons of restaurants bars it, it kind of reminds me of you know manhattan and little italy midtown it has that kind of flair too it just with some old Bay. <laughs> yeah
0: yeah, yeah. How, what's 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 baltimore famous for what would you say it's famous for um you know is it, is it famous people come out of the area what's it what what some of the things that you you've come across that baltimore's famous for
1: Besides the old bay, the (laughs) the Maryland crab cake. Um, Oh goodness! So many different celebrities. Really? um, That are from like DMX. He was from Baltimore.
0: Yeah. Gosh. Um,
1: God rest his soul. Yeah,
0: rest in peace, DMX.
1: Um, Yeah, and I actually got to meet DMX when I was in high school. Did you? That was yeah. It was that was um, that was interesting. It just kind of caught me caught me off guard. So he he's from Baltimore. You know Monique, the comedian, she's from Baltimore. Um, Mario. Wait wait singer, wait wait. Before Arby before singer.
0: you go back on to these other people, let's talk about this meeting with Dmx before <laughs> before we even go down that road. Let's let's talk about this meeting before you skip past. Tell us about his meeting with Dmx.
1: Well. It was, I forgot what concert it was. I was actually talking about this with one of my friends from high school recently. And he was like, so he was trying to tell him? I'm like, yeah. Well, the concert was was about done. He had already came in and, and did his thing. And we was trying to just beat traffic and we came out the side. And as we're walking, somebody said, DMX is over there in, you know, in the car. So people are running to the car. I'm like, I'm not running nowhere. He a person just like everybody else. Yeah. He don't get a bass of space. You know, I don't mm mm, yeah. not doing that. So I walked over there and he rolled down the window and I said, Hey. He's like, Hey. <laughs> <laughs> and and he got out and I said, you know, I've always, you know, always been a fan. And he's like, That's that, that's what's up. <laughs> he said, What's your name? You know, I said, my name is Selena. He said, Selita. he said, I like that. He said, my man, can I get a pen? And he wrote my name down, and he probably wrote down Selena. That's what happens a lot. He was like, he's like, you cute. I said, you cute yourself. And I told him, I said, just keep doing your thing, and gave him a hug. And he was very nice. He was so sweet, you know, besides what people see, or tried to portray him as yeah he was very sweet very down to earth very approachable and like i said i'm not about to run up on anybody Mm -mm. i respect people's space until they allow me to come in but he he wrote he wrote my he wrote my name down but i know that he wrote down selena so then there was a song that he did with cisco and i happened to be listening to it and i was like wait a minute is that my name Wait, wait, wait. So when I went to go look, it says Selena. But my, my friend was with me. She was like, he wrote he said, Selena, you. No, know he wrote down Selena. I said most people do. So who he's mentioning in that song? He's actually talking about me, but just my name, but not all the, you know, the lyrics to that song and stuff. Yeah. My friend was like, yo, you're in a song. And I was like, that is so dope. So dope wow and I, after that i was forever a dmx fan i don't i didn't care what anybody said about him and his issues i always prayed for the man because everybody needs prayer but to know that he passed that like that hurt my feelings like oh man
0: yeah yeah and did it has it ever, has it come out since what what you know what's what actually what did he die of? Has it? has anybody announced it or
1: I don't think they've really announcement announced it. They, you know, one report is saying drugs, another is saying this, something else is saying car, um, cardi, um, cardio um, arrest. And I tell people, I said, listen, it's googlable. Like my friend says, <laughs> she says that googlable. I said, go look it up. Mm-hmm. But anybody that passes from whatever, whatever it is, you know, just go and start just praying straight you know for the family because they are the you know the hardest hits because i know he had how many i lose count how many children that he had i'm like i'm thinking about his kids that's that's where my brain went Mm. his kids and then to come to find out that jay-z and beyonce were they went ahead and bought so many so much of um i believe his uh his records and whatnot for his children, and I was like that. That's huge. Somebody was thinking enough about his kids to make sure that they they are good. Because DMX just had a profound effect on everybody. You can see it on Instagram, you can see it on Facebook, you know, anywhere you can see him when he's praying and how deeply spiritual he is and he, st- he was and he still is. You know, even though he's not here physically, he's still around you still get his essence and the music that's going to start coming out you'll you'll hear bits and pieces of him so nobody's ever really gone they just go to a higher plane of existence that's all But he's still around
0: yeah definitely Mm -hmm. definitely so yeah and like you said there's more people who've come out of of baltimore and, and and things like that but he you would say that he's probably the most prominent one um
1: for, for me For yeah, me definitely yeah, would, yeah. would be him Because he just had a presence yeah. Because he was he's a, He was a confident man He wasn't cocky He was confident And he walked his path And even though he had his hardships He did not allow his hardships To stop him From whatever he wanted to do Yeah, he, yeah no, You know Sometimes we, we... Yes,
0: Go ahead You
1: know he, yeah, he, he stumbled. But one thing he didn't do is give up. He didn't. Yeah. Yeah. When you're tired, you rest. You don't give up. And he, and he never did. From the time he came to the time he went. That was a fighting man. <laughs> and I admire him for his fight. yeah, definitely. For his spirit. Everything. He is something to be admired.
0: Yeah, definitely. And You know, I mentioned this the other day and... Um I mentioned so the today other day to somebody and and how how we live in on this side of the world, we can't comprehend what black men or black people go through. Even though we're black ourselves and we go through our things to do with racism, we don't go through it nowhere near as much as they do um in America. Um and it can be like a um, and also the things to do with the, the things that happen, the violence and all that sort of stuff, the guns and, you know, the police and this, that, and, and just, and just even, not even that, even the, the things that happen in you know, the school system and we don't realise how much um, they go through. So even some, if you look at someone like him, um, DMX, to, 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 to come from those beginnings to become um, a star, you, you know do you want to call it a star yeah, I mean that's what they're calling nowadays they call it they call it star mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know to you know he probably use a different word do you know what I mean yeah, I was probably saying that I'm not a star but to become this person who an icon then um, and I, I, I just admire that I'm and that's what my that's my thing that's that's the thing that I'm about I'm about people who come from down there and rise up and make the way right through and even if you haven't come through that even if you haven't been down there but you've gone through something to get to a point and it doesn't matter whether you're a star or not he he would say that no he was not a star he's a he's he you know i'm 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 a rapper and i'm here to you know telling the tale and i'm doing this um but do you see what i mean do you see what i'm saying i i just see i look at at things like that and i think and i admire things like that because you you can't comprehend what, what the certain situation that they've been in and gone through to get to where they are. Do you see what I mean? So right. it's, it's, un, it's an unbelievable, and it just goes to show that it doesn't matter. I'm not going to be all cliche and say, it doesn't, ma- it doesn't matter where you come from then and this, that, and either, so you can always make it. That sounds cliche and it is, but you can. I know some people were brought here and, and some people might not make it, but if you give them the the thought process and the stories and the opportunity and the confidence, to make it, it gives them. A, it gives at least it gives them a fighting chance, even if they don't right. make it um, to wherever they're going. Wherever they're going. Um, so that's that's my take on it. I just think, you know, whatever you know he's been through, you know, you know. And I, I remember the other week. There's something where he said. Um, there's an interview where he said that, and he was in, he was like almost in tears where he said, basically, this he'd been, he, this older man. That he used to go with, run with, or whatever. He was 14, and this um, this older man gave him something. I mean, he said he hadn't smoked or anything, or taken any drugs, anything, dru- any drugs. And it just so happened that he passed this thing around, and the man said to him to take it, take a smoke, to take a drag off it, and it was laced with cocaine. And he, and he was basically saying, how can how can a man, old, uh, um, grown up man, let a 14 year old boy do that?
1: right and it was i mean it's it's disheartening because you you would hope that that person dealt on a level of common sense to say no i'm not going to do that but then you have to look at the flip side of it of that person and see how they grew up and you know i don't judge anybody but just looking at both situations you know sometimes that crab in a barrel mentality will extend not just outside of your family but to even people because your light people have to understand that when when you have something in you and god has placed something in you whether you recognize it or not it's going to shine bright and people are going to see it they're either going to be intimidated and want to put it out or it's going to inspire them to be a little bit better than where, what they are and where they are at that given time so more than probably I don't know because I don't know the full extent of it that's that man was envious of his light and instead of doing the right thing he decided to go ahead and, and give it to him trying to dull his shine and that's not good because then right then and there karma is created and I tell people this karma has great memory and that. It may not hit you right then and there, but it can hit somewhere down the line because I tell everyone time is an illusion and it really is. So don't think just because you did something today that, oh, I get a free pass. Nobody gets a free pass in life every year. Once karma is in place, there's an imbalance. And until it's fulfilled, that imbalance is going to stay in place. It's, it's going to stay until that debt is paid and then everything levels out
0: it's messed up that that man did that yeah yeah you're right because um you know i kind of said said i've always said the similar thing to what you said there is um you know once now once that once you've once you've done that you you know you don't know it might not come today it might not come tomorrow it might not even come on you it might not come on you directly it, come, it might come on your your family member or your kids or something like that someone directly in line with you it could happen at any time and like you say it's, it's it's no one's not to say people don't do anything that's untoward but if you're then going to do things which you know that like he must have he he would have known that that, that thing was laced with because he did it himself so then to pass it mm-hmm. to him and say to him to smoke it because all the people in the room, and he's never smoked before, never taken drugs up until that point, and then for him to take to ask him to take it, he must have known what he was he was doing. Uh huh. So I just I look at things I look at things like that, and I just think these are things that, as men, as boys, as girls, as black people, particularly thinking some of the things that we have to go through, and then and then those things then impact our health and our mental health. Um, Mm-hmm. Do you see what I mean? Drugs and and, and upbringing and, oh, yeah. and and things like that. So let's talk about, um, you know, your your journey, um, and let's talk about some of the things that's, that's you know, you know, to, what's brought you to where you are now as a spiritual person, and you know, what's created you and made made you you. It not
1: be me. Oh, it's, it's so much. You know i've always been that my mom says her her special child i was her free-spirited child i'm the child my that child's going to you know travel but growing up i had a great you know childhood both of my parents worked hard you know we lived in several different places Um, me and my, my my brother and my sister my brother passed last year last march so i had a great childhood there was a lot of different instances and being the youngest out of them they were older than me you know i was by myself a lot but i got to know me as a as a kid you know my mom would come in the room slater what you doing oh i'm just talking to god and you know she thought it was funny i was gonna say say to you
0: as well sorry rest in peace as well to to you to your family
1: Thank you, thank you. My brother, he's around. He may not be here physically, but I, I know when he's here. Yeah. Because he's always touching stuff. You yeah. know, my brother, we called him the Yellow Gorilla because um, my brother was like six foot, six foot one. And I'm all of five foot four. So his way of messing with me was putting stuff up, up real high. Right. <laughs> so sometimes I find stuff that's kind of, I didn't put that there. So I noticed him. I'm like, Eddie, stop it. Stop moving my stuff. Stop moving my stuff around. You know, I'm short, vertically <laughs> inclined. <laughs> Don't do that. But growing up and them being older than me, like I said, I was by myself a lot, but I learned how to have fun, create my own fun. And then I got into art. Um, My dad, you know, I say about 75% of that makes up me is self-taught because of my father because he draws as well. So, but I was into like everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Getting trouble messing with paint and stuff, but he just kind of just fed that. If I wanted to do something, he just, he just fed it to me. And we spent a lot of time. I'm very close to my father. I'm very close to um, my mother. It's like anything happens, depending on the situation, I know which parent to call. Even now, I'm about to be 39, I still seek advice from my parents. They are, the gurus, the senseis. Yeah. So I go to them. <laughs> but growing up and being different and being an artist and having an artist mind because artists, we are one level below being autistic. And people that are autistic, they are amazing. Amazing.
2: Yeah.
1: But I knew that I was different. I didn't talk like everybody else. I didn't think like everybody else. And I got comfortable with being by myself and doing doing certain things, and making friends was easy for me because I'm very I'm very friendly, very sweet. My sweetness is not fake by any means. You know, I still my my inner my inner child she's still there. She's not going anywhere. But I had a ball growing up. But it wasn't until I started to become a teenager and getting into school and I was bullied like you wouldn't believe. Wow. Living in Jersey, I I really wasn't bullied like that, but it did not start until I actually moved to Maryland. I mean it was it was terrible. Like I hated going to school. Like I've literally hated going to school and you know, telling my mom, you know, Mom well, this is going on. And you know, she Was doing the best that you know that she could do. Kids would start to mess with me, like literally start messing with me, and I got made fun of because of my hair, my my weight, wearing glasses, my clothes. It was just horrible, and it's like, I, it's just kids were just mean. So to combat that, I used to go. Early in the morning after I get off the bus, I would go straight to the library and I would sign up to have lunch in the library because that was a safe place for me. Yeah. I can sit down, eat my lunch, but I could sit in read, And my imagination was already big. It got bigger. I was, it was just I used to. <sighs> one girl tried to push me down concrete stairs. Another one tried to cut my hair and I'll never forget eighth grade sitting in science class and they used to always say if you want to be an A student you sit in the front that's the A row then you have the B row and the C row and the D row I don't know what it was about that back row <laughs> everybody wants to sit in the back row and end up getting in trouble I'm like listen y'all don't know my parents and I'm not about that life I'm not trying to get in trouble Yeah. so I used to sit in the front and it was in science class and I'm sitting there being studious and paying attention it's one girl she just kept bothering me and the funny thing is I still remember her first and her last name <laughs> to this yeah, day
2: Yeah.
1: she wouldn't leave me alone she was saying all kinds of names and then she said the n-word I turned around and slapped the holy Jesus out of her I slapped her Yeah. I slapped her so hard that she fell out the chair and of course the science teacher said, Slita go to the principal's office. And I went, I said, okay. And I got up nice and calm, went to the principal's office. And the principal at that time was Mr. Gill. And he was an African-American um, man who was great. And Ms. Greenberg, who was the assistant principal. And they said, well, Slita, what happened? And I, and I told them, I said, she's been bullying me and just, just doing all kinds of stuff to me. And I got tired of it because I don't bother anybody. He said, so what you do? I said, so I turned around and I slapped, I slapped her because she's been harassing me. Yeah. So long story short, she got in trouble. I didn't because they looked at my school record and said, Sleeta, you've never had any type of fights in school whatsoever. I said, no, because I valued my education. I took my education very serious. I didn't do it for my parents. I did it for me. But I went through some things in middle school. But i tell you one thing I did do. When it was time to leave, I made a promise to myself walking down that. They have a, um, here in the States, um, at a lot of different schools, that when eighth grade, when you're leaving eighth grade to go into high school, you know, they'll have all the teachers lined up congratulating everybody on grade. So walking, going out and walking out that hall, you know, I made a promise to myself that I was going to be me, that, you know, everybody's not going to like me. I'm not gonna like everybody else, but I'm gonna like me. I'm going to love me. I'm gonna be true to myself. And I made that promise to myself, and I was graduating from eighth grade. And until that day, until this day, I still keep that. And that one simple phrase has kept me through trials and tribulations for me to like me, to love me, to accept me. Because at the end of the day, I gotta live with me, yeah, and nobody else. Yeah, and I'm like, man. I said, I said that in the eighth grade. I, <laughs> I must yeah. have had some chocolate that day. I must have been feeling good. Yeah,
0: yeah. So, so for all that trauma, then all those things that happened to you, the bullying, you literally made up your mind that you wanted to 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 just become become you
1: me through hell or high water and going through the you know changes i tell you me trying to boyfriend dates i already knew what type of person i wanted to be with even as a teenager so i didn't do a whole lot of dating i didn't do what normal teenagers do like sometimes they would sneak in out with their their friends yes i can hear you
0: yeah so so it wasn't just the the, the the fact that she it was bullying so all the other things that happened with um like you say do you do you see that the blame, in terms of the the split do you see that it was your mum to it was your mum to blame or what, what how what, what was, it it? was, what, was it? what made that what made that relationship kind of become and detached? So, detached there was
1: faults. One, I'll say this um, I'll, I'll put it like this especially when it comes to my parents because you yeah. know I'm like Switzerland I'm neutral when it comes to my parents yeah yeah each party had their own their own blame and two wrongs don't make it right so they eventually worked all they worked all that stuff out and so now they're, they're friends and they talk and whatever and I'm glad that they got that worked out but that situation right there it 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 hurt deep because you know you you want to see your parents in a certain kind of light yeah but then it's like when they do something that's so disappointing something that they taught you not to do
0: yeah
1: and then they do it it's like yo what the freaking frack is going on yeah and teach you to have a voice, to have an opinion. So when I did voice and have my opinion, you know, my mom wasn't too happy. I was like, hold up, pause. I said, but you told me to speak up when something wasn't the right, and that's what I'm doing. And now you're trying to crucify me for it. That right there was like, okay, I can't rock with you right now. So I intentionally separated myself and being able to go to school in Manhattan allowed me that space to really find out who I was as a person. Yeah. And it also helped develop me spiritually because in Manhattan, I didn't have any family. No family. And I'm in Manhattan. Thankfully, I had those close enough to me to give me some much helpful advice. And I really got to develop as a person in that area, you know what they say? You know, if you can make it in new york you can make it anywhere and yeah. that is very very true but you have to have this willingness to keep pushing forward like no matter how scared you may be <laughs> it's like anything worth having you have to fight for it It ain't gonna be given it's not going mm-mm. especially being an african-american a woman a girl and at the time I was going to school for architecture. So I already had two things like, almost in a sense against me. Yeah. Cause everybody knows that when it comes to architecture, it is a white male dominant field.
2: Yeah.
1: It's like, how many black female architects do you know? Like literally like no, or no throughout history, but there is one. And this is some information that I came across, you know, being a history buff. And I love everything associated with Egypt because we, we know that Imhotep, he, he was an architect. Yeah. They even deemed him as a deity, you know, because he was math, science, and all this kind of stuff. But they forget about the other one Queen Habchepsut. This woman had her temple built out of the side of a, of a mountain. A mountain that still stand until this day. She's looked at as the first female architect and it's Googleable, you can can pull it up. And I came across her when I was in, in college and I studied her so closely, like how she came into power, how she did everything. She was very confident, she was very beautiful at that and for her to put herself in a position to be pharaoh over i believe her nephew because he was too young she she had to make herself look like a man but the way she did stuff was very strategic she had certain people around her and i admired her for this i took a page out of her book but of course, you're always gonna have people that are not gonna wanna be on the same page. And at that time, a female being a pharaoh is like, how ridiculous, how dare she do that? And she, she, paid, she paid for it with, with her life. And when the nephew became of age, to the biggest insult, especially during, you know, Egypt's time and during her time was to deface they tried to chisel her out of history.
0: Of oh, history, yeah.
1: Yeah, they tried to chisel out of history. I mean, you can look at the pictures and stuff and you can see where they went through and chiseled everything, trying to trying to get rid of her like she didn't, didn't even exist. Her body wasn't even buried where it was supposed to be buried. They found her buried with the slaves. And the only way they found out who she was is that they did some type of um, DNA uh, test because um, I want to say it was um, scarchidosis. She had scarchidosis and they come to find out she was related to um, Ramesses because his whole family had scarchidosis too and it was very very deep. So that's how they found out where she was and actually everything that, that she did but you don't hear. You hear about everybody else, but you don't really hear about her. So I took that, and I ran with that, and that fueled me the entire time I was in school. And I didn't take no crap from from nobody. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Not in architecture school, because it's like when you... When you know your craft or you you know something, you know, God gives us so many different things to work with. Talent, gifts, abilities, whatever you wanna
0: Signs, you know, call he gives it signs.
1: Signs. And while God was working on me and building me and strengthening me and just strengthening my artistic abilities just to create anything, anything I want, it made me it made me powerful. It made me dangerous because you couldn't pull a wool over my eyes when it comes to certain design aspects my dad you know worked in construction <laughs> building materials and what he taught me i was able to use that in school and it made me a, a forerunner when it came to you know architecture to building i remember um one design class we had to go to it was called tenant petrocino square is in um downtown in manhattan yeah and we had to survey it um just the area in, in general about you know and building say a conceptualized site model for it so we had to do that and we had to come up with this whole plan and we had to build it so while everybody else was using um a thicker material like a museum board to make their site model and the actual model itself everybody else is white, crisp clean everybody else is looking the same mine was different because i built my site model out of plexiglass yeah i built the buildings i made them very look very abstract if there were three layers where they could slide but then my my actual model for the museum was made out of the museum board, so you can literally take the museum and sit it on there and look at it at any angle. And it was so sturdy, you can hang it against the wall. I could I could carry my my site <laughs> my site project like a handle, like I was holding a bag. That's how sturdy it was. Yeah. Instead of trying to like put it into pieces, and it really it, it stuck out. And it's like when you know your project you've been working on it you don't need cue cards so when it came time for you know the final critique very much my mom called me an abnormal teenager
2: yeah
1: (laughs) because i was very ahead of my time i was very focused on what i wanted my future to be because i knew then that i created my future nobody else what i wanted to do what i wanted to be was in in my hands so i do the hard work now so, I can enjoy the fruits of my labor later. So, did I go out to a lot of parties? No. Did I have a boyfriend? Yeah, kind of, sort of. But then he wanted to try to do other things. And I was like, son, I'm not about that life. That right there is not a priority to I me. Mean, you know, I've had people try to pressure me into sex in, in high school. And I was like, nope. I'm sorry. You can't peer pressure me, I'm a leader. I'm not going to go do what everybody else is doing. No, I always, always, always did my own thing, even if I was by myself. But then, you know, eventually your vibe (laughs) attracts your tribe. So when I went into high school, it was a totally different experience. I had a great time in high school. I played sports. I played uh, volleyball, basketball and softball I come from a very athletic family where we all played more than three sports
2: yeah
1: so so my mom told me she said, says so, you know you love your sports you know play sports you'll make friends easy and that's exactly what I did I made friends very easily playing sports but I really wasn't interested in in dating because really honestly I didn't like none of the guys at my school <laughs> I just date wasn't my cup of tea and I'm like I don't want to know, how you have a serious relationship in high school? I, I can't. Not even then. I, I, I really couldn't. So I focused on my studies. And I excelled in, in high school and preparing myself for college. Like my, my homework and stuff was done days in advance <laughs> before it was due. Yeah. My mom was like, yep, you're definitely the abnormal teenager. And I, I didn't care but i valued my what my mom thought a lot of times that i would forget about i would forget about me because my mom was like oh slita you need to do this i'm like "Mom, mom but she's like well you need just go ahead and do this and you never realize exactly how influential your parents really can be if they missed any opportunities growing up at times they want to live vicariously through their children and can be a little bit overzealous. My mom had her moments, but then I would tell her, Mom, I need you to chill out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, this is this is me, that's you, and she she understood that. But that was something that kinda in the back of my mind kinda stayed with me because her, you know, she was she's a nurse. So as far as health wise, she was always talking about me to me, about my weight. Like, don't eat this. Are you going to gain this? Don't do this because you're going to, like, it was a constant, constant thing. And it gave me a complex. you right. To the point where I was suffering from depression as a teenager. Wow. And I was sad a lot because, you know, trying to get through school, at times being bullied, and then I got to come home and, deal with this so you're getting too big this that whatever and I'm like I'm like can you like give it a break and she would always take me to JCPenney's to this day I still don't like JCPenney's so when they said oh JCPenney's is going out of business I was like thank the lord
0: what's JCPenney's what's What's that
1: JCPenney's is like a a major department store like so think over in the, um what's what's the biggest department store over in um in the uk i'm trying to think
0: um
1: it's, I, it's been some years since i've been there
0: asda um debenhams um it, not in, london. in london have you been in london yeah um, yes
1: i have
0: not, not um
1: i'm trying to think i can't remember
0: Arbentals.
1: what like well, whatever the major department store, you know, is in, in the UK or over there where you are, where they have like, they sell almost everything. That's like JCPenney's.
2: Right.
1: Yeah. So you could like everything. And I hated J. C. Penneys, and I still do because I couldn't fit regular, you know, teenager clothes. I had to go to the women's section. They didn't have a plus size section growing up. I wanted the cute outfits,
0: but I couldn't fit them. Oh, so, so that's why shopping. That's why you. Yeah, yeah. And now I get it. Now, that's why you're saying you hated it because it's a. Rem- so now, now it's a. Rem- it's almost like a constant reminder of what, you, you know, what you were, you, what you were faced with when you when your mom was saying all those things. Um,
1: right. Because
0: because those things can cause tra- trauma as well.
1: Right, and and that's actually you know what it what it what it did yeah. and I know now as an adult like she was only trying to look out for for my well-being because with my father's side a lot of my aunts they, they big girls they, they big 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 girls and and have a history of like high blood pressure you know my dad's my mother I think she she had a heart attack I believe So my mom was just trying to be proactive, looking at it from uh, the health side of it. And, you know, when you're a teenager, you're not thinking about that stuff. Now that I'm an adult, I understand. But it could have been done a little different. And and there was trauma deep because then it's like my brother used to tease me, call me fat and everything else. And I might be fat, but you gonna always be crazy, you know. So... I I dealt with a lot, and then my my sister, you know, she ran track, she was very tall, very thin. Both my brother and my sister um, were very tall, very thin. They weren't heavy, but they each had their own mental and physical health issues that they were battling with, and then there was me, and then I was having to deal with my weight and being bullied, so it took a hard hit on me physically, emotionally, that... I leaned not to my own understanding, and I went to what I was taught, and I went to God about it. And I asked God, just give me the strength. Give me the strength to get through this. I know this is a temporary thing, but just give me enough strength so I don't, don't give up. But as time went on, especially in high school, um, from freshman year to sophomore year, I had went down to, I lost weight. Went down to like almost 150 pounds and then it was like i was getting a lot of attention from guys and i didn't like it yeah i did not like it and i looked at myself in the mirror and i didn't even recognize me anymore so it just got to the point where i was like you know what i don't even care and i purposely gained the weight some some weight back just so not to have the attention because It was attention that I did not want, number one. And number two, they were only wanting to talk to me because I lost weight and I have an hourglass figure. And boys going to be boys. Yeah, yeah. But like I said, I'm not going to, you can't, you can't, look, you can't punk me out. I'll punk you out, but you can't punk me out. And I purposely gained gained the weight back. And I told my mom that, I said, because it was the attention being put in the spotlight. I didn't like it. It wasn't me.
0: Did you find that as well? That because you, the reason why, probably another reason why you did that is because you wasn't losing the weight for yourself. You was losing it weight for everybody else. Because, right. because people like you, you, like you said, your brother and that was calling your names. You were being bullied, or you were previously bullied, and then it's almost like a constant thing that's been happening. And then your mum's saying these, mum's, your mum's kind of on your back, on your case, not through any fault. You know, like I said, it could have been done differently. But, you know, what we learn from one, we, you know, we, we, we gain and we, we, we don't... Do you know what I mean? We'll teach teach our our own in a different way. Um, and, some, and some of the things, like some of the... Yeah, we, it's funny, isn't it? Because we say these things that our parents could have done it this way and that, and, and yes, they could. And quite often we take some of those things. There's other things that we take from them, and we teach we teach well. Do you see what I mean? we've become good teachers right. because we got it from our parents but there's other things that we think oh maybe they could have done that a bit better so for instance being being um, hit by a belt and things like that now I know I would never do that to another kid do you see what I mean even if it was, right. done, to me, even if it was right. done to me so it's but I do know that some of the things that she taught me a lot more of the other things or in fact nearly all of the other things I know I can take them away and put them to good use and I have done
1: right Exactly, and me, I would look. At, I was, I'm very big at observing people because people tell you so much. Um, you can say what you want, but your body's not going to lie. So it's like I would watch people very, very closely. So if somebody is getting in a situation and they're doing this, I'm learning how not to do that and to do the opposite.
2: Yeah,
1: I remained a student even after getting out of school and college and stuff. I'm still, a, I'm still a student and i'm still i'm still learning so having that type of trauma on in different degrees it really it, it really didn't get officially dealt with until i really became an adult
2: right.
1: it should have got nipped in the bud then while it was still fresh so that type of scar wouldn't be a huge wound as an, as an adult and then my parents had separated right before I was about to go go away to school you know and and how their separation went it, it, was, it was it was it was it was pretty bad and I was pretty mad my my, my dad on self that when I went away to school I really didn't talk to my mom okay. and me having to leave school because in a sense she you know, she she stopped helped my dad was helping, she stopped and unfortunately I had to to leave school and there were some things that she said to me that I it just hurt me to my entire core. Like, you know, you wanted me to go to school, you wanted me to go do this, but then how you want me to do to do this, but then you turn around and do this? It's like make it make sense. I'm trying to better myself and put myself in a position where when I do get married and have children, my my children won't want for anything. They'll be able to go to school, do what they have to do with no hiccups. I'm still learning. And it had always stayed in the back of my mind. So me and my mom's relationship, it was really strained for a very, very long time. And I just was not in the mindset to fix it.
0: Yeah. Was that not only just based on the fact that she was... She used to say the thing we wait was in. You said there was other things as well.
1: So the architects came, and one of them looked like um, Albert Einstein.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> like Albert Einstein. There was another a gentleman who was a little younger. He looked like he looked like an actor, but I couldn't remember his name. So my presentation, I went, I went, I went last because my my model was so different. So before I could say anything, the guy that looked like Einstein. He said, Miss Harvey, I said, Yes, sir. He says, You don't have to explain anything about your model. I get it. And you fully give yourself into that project, let your project explain it. Just kind of stand there and look pretty. Yeah. <laughs> and that's exactly what I did. And I, I passed that class with, with high remarks. And he said, you know, if you decide that you once you graduate and you can become a licensed architect, he said, if you're looking for a job, you have one. And this was my first semester at that school wow. so so it actually put a target on my back but the thing was being bullied being talked about since i had already experienced it the first time i knew how to handle it in a different capacity up there it didn't shake me it didn't move me all it did was just make me stronger yeah that's it yeah, mm-hmm.
0: yeah it's funny because that reminds me of when i that reminds me of when I, because me being from an art background um, and, and I, I'm kind of going to um, say something about what you said when you first started speaking about me. You said that a lot of your work was, a lot of the stuff that you were doing when you were a child was self-taught and oh yes, we're self-taught ourselves but I think also as well because then you went on to speak about your dad and I think that we get, a lot of it is um, it's inherited. Um, Yes. Our, our skills become inherited. So, and I always find that fascinating how, how we inherit skill. Yes, we inherit looks, but how do we inherit? Sk- it's, that's an interesting thing. it's always that's a good topic to kind of speak to scientists about. Is how do we inherit skill? So, for me, I mean, I don't know who. I mean, I I don't know enough about my family to know who was an artist, but I know for me, I always used to draw. I'm um, done it for a long mm-hmm. time, but I can draw. So, I remember I remember when when I was going to university and I was thinking to myself, I'm going to. You know what? I'm not going to do projects like everybody's talking about. You pick a famous painter, and everyone's talking about Van Gogh and all this sort of stuff. I'm going to pick somebody else, and I picked things. Right. And I picked things like um, um, artists. I, I put I put it uh, for the presentation. I'd put I'd use. I put a different slant in it. i will say, well, "Why is this? Why is this artist made a picture, painted a picture, seven, six foot picture or whatever it is, of this king or whoever it may be?" some prince or whatever mm-hmm. it is and he's got a a black boy looking up to him but he's but the prince is um, acknowledging the dog more than he's acknowledging that acknowledging the black boy and i was just putting up from, from that perspective you see to make the people think
2: mm-hmm.
0: do you see what i mean not oh you van Gogh, and why did they cut off his ears and stuff? no why why is this why did this painter um, how comes this person can acknowledge the person in the painting can acknowledge the dog more than the black boy that was was in the painting, and so things like that to invoke um, conversation and and just to kind of get people on. And I was the only black person on the course out of 126 people. So it it it, it got people thinking. So it's, you know, so it kind of reminds me of what you're talking about there about some of the things that you 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 bring up a project and you. You put a slant on it that's completely different from what everyone else is doing. They all do the same thing. Um, Talking about Van Gogh and all these kind of people and, you know, the Renaissance and all that sort of stuff. And then you, I bring up something else that's completely, completely something because it gets them to think, why? Why did this person? So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, sorry, I just went off on a slant there, but I know it's kind of similar to what you're saying there. So what, for you, how, what's brought you to this point now then in, you know what's to what this point now where you you're a spiritual person and you know what's you know what happened in the years in between did you become a did you become a you know did you go on to do the, the thing you know archaeology Did you want did you want to do other things over sort of the arts
1: yes actually I, I end up having to go a different way and end up going to the art institute of pittsburgh um the online division and got a degree in residential planning under um interior uh, under interior designing i was able to go ahead and do that um i wasn't able to go back and finish my degree in architecture however i do use architectural um elements in my art because being the fact that there's so many different things that are so in a sense like cookie cutter when it comes to like art, like you see a lot of people with uh, with CAD or all these different um, yeah. designing, you know, programs and stuff. I think, you know, everybody's gonna do like, like you had said, you had did um, some, some graphic design, I, which I think is awesome. I have a lot of friends that do that, but there is something about putting, taking that pencil and having that empty pad and creating something completely from your mind that there's no book that can tell you. It can tell you how to shade, how to draw a straight line, but when it comes to taking something and taking a little deeper, the only way to get to that is through your spirit. Yeah. And I'm a big believer that art has a spirit all of itself and it's to be respected and the more you respect it and honor it the more it allows you to really see so it's like it's important that you you know go within so what led me to become the spiritual person that i am today and lead me to wanting to be a certified uh, personal personal development life coach is that um a couple of years after i left new york there were a lot of different things that was going on with me relationship wise
2: right.
1: and back in 2013 uh, i had found out that i was i was pregnant and the gentleman was younger than me and you know i was happy i was excited and i i thought he he was as well and then sadly i ended up miscarrying Right. And that did something to me because I love children.
2: Yeah.
1: I mean, when I tell you I love me some kids, I love me some kids and they love me. And my whole thing is that there is no call no calling higher on, higher on earth than being a mother. That's, that's just me, because I being able to birth nations, that's amazing yeah. to begin with. So for me to lose my child, it, 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 it kind of, it, it broke me. And then the gentleman, he abandoned me. He abandoned me and I was, I was alone and I had to deal with that on my own. And it led me to trying to kill myself right. the first time because right. it was, it was so heavy on me and I never, not once did I ever blame God. I said, Lord, I know that there's a reason. I may not never know the reason, but I understand. But it still hurts. It still stings. So it made me look at myself different, even after I tried to, the first time I tried to kill myself. And it made me look at relationships completely different because it's like, who can I trust? Yeah. Yeah. If this person... Says this and does another thing, and trying to break me. He, he, you know, he used me and he was selfish and he was and he was young. And I said, you know what? I'm not messing with no more young guys. That that that's it. I was like, I was done because that really for me to lose a child and lose a child with him and then he abandoned me. That took me somewhere. That took me completely somewhere else. And then having to deal with being depression you know I, I was diagnosed with uh, general high anxiety major depression disorder and symptoms like PTSD
0: Yeah.
1: years later
0: how, why after why, when, um, when was you when how how was you diagnosed and, and when
1: I was diagnosed with those three mental health issues back in I want to say 2017 because I was I had a mental I had a mental break i really really did and a lot of it stemmed from unresolved you know childhood trauma because one thing about me is that you know i pray and i meditate because i had to relocate from new york then i came to maryland and then i went back to jersey huh. and i was there and that's where a lot of this um, was going on in my relationship with my mother was it was getting better, but it wasn't where I wanted it to be. So there were times where I wanted to call my mom, but then I was like, I don't want to be lectured. I don't want to be told, well, if I was you, I wouldn't do this. And I'm like, but the thing is you're not me, <laughs> you are you, and uh, me, and I'm like, you know, can you just be my mom and not be so critical? And that's why I lean more towards my dad because my dad, he's a great man. He's a very wise man. He's a man of few words. So when he talk, when he does talk, listen very closely because he don't like to repeat himself. But he listens and he doesn't force his opinion and he hears me out. And that's how our relationship got so strong. Like my dad's like my best friend. My mom, she's like my best friend now. But my relationship to my dad is so much closer than my mom. And she knows it because I'll go to him sometimes before I go to her. Because who wants to be lectured? I'm like really it's like you're already having an issue and you go to your you know a friend a parent like nobody got to I, I don't want to be lectured just get to the meat and potatoes of the situation yeah. so when I told my dad that you know I did have a miscarriage and having to deal with it alone come to find out I, I said to him I'm going to eventually tell my mother but it was too much for him So he told her, I was very upset with him. I didn't talk to my dad for like two weeks. And that's because I told him, I said, you had no right to tell her that. You should have told me that it was too heavy for you. So then I had to go and talk to her and tell her, you know, why I did not reach out to her. But then issues started to arise once I moved back to Maryland. And me, her, and my brother having to live in the same space again. This time, as an adult, and there were some things that you know occurred when it was just me, him, and her living in one in, in living in an apartment. Because my brother had his battles with drugs, right. especially with heroin. So when you're young and you don't understand drugs, how there's a chemical imbalance, all you know is that this is your sibling and they're trying to hurt you. You know this is not this is not them i didn't learn that until later how much heroin really affected his brain chemistry and my mom was educating me as an adult saying you know whenever somebody takes drugs and it changes the chemical um chemicals in their brain whatever age they start doing drugs at that's where their mental state kind of stays and they have to go through the process of having some type of, of, of normalcy I understood that now yeah. but then I didn't so me and him had our you know had our issues but I'm thankful that we managed to work that out before his untimely passing Yeah. I'm thankful that we got that worked out um, even before that uh, back in yeah 2017 when you pray and you meditate and you ask god to reveal certain things too as why do i have this type of hate or dislike and i had a dislike for 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 my mom for a long time and i was being triggered by her back in 2017 and you know when you ask god to review review reveal something to you it's like you better be prepared to deal with the answer that you're going to get and honey when that answer came it like it slapped me like i stole something and i cried
0: can you can you reveal what that was
1: the fact that you know being the younger sibling my brother was the middle child and him having his battles with you know drugs yeah. and my mom you know being being a mom wanting to do what's best for her son um, a lot of the attention got put on him
2: yeah yeah
1: and i got left out yeah so it made me yeah. Yeah. yeah it made me feel like okay i have to fend for myself i have to figure things out for myself it never made me cold though it never made me want to close off my heart, or you know, negatively project to other people. It, I, that was something that was. I'm a sweetheart at heart. I care about people.
0: Empathy.
1: I want to see people. Yes. Oh, I'm. I'm very empathic and have a number of of gifts. I have thirteen. And it just hurt me to my core that. Even, you know, then having to, to deal with that in such a way. And I, the only thing you can do is go to God. The only way out is in. So by me not having to, like, not really dealing with my issues, it started to build up. It started to build up. And guess what? The top blew off in 2017 when I was in the car. And my mom came out and she saw me just breaking down. And she asked me what's wrong. And I said, God revealed to me why. And I said, Mom, I don't want to hate you. I said, I'm saying this crying my eyes out. I'm like, you're my mother. I should not feel like that. I want to hate you. And I told her why. And, you know, she started crying as well. And I told her, I said, you know, I felt like I got left out. Hmm. I was abandoned. I was having my own issues, whether it be school, guys, or whatever, and I could not go to her because she had all her attention focused on my brother. So you thought I was independent as a child? It made me to the point where like, I didn't want to ask her for anything, or anyone at that, that I could only rely on me. And it hurt her feelings. And I said, Mom, I don't want to hurt your feelings, but she's like, and we sat there crying and boo-hooing in the car. And she says, we, we gotta fix this. I'm like, yeah, we do. Because one thing about me, and I'm a Taurus, we don't like being told what to do. We don't. And when you're a child, it's different. But that's not gonna work when that child is still a child but it's an adult and you're living with them in the same thing. So there was a tug of war I let people be great in their own right, but don't come over here trying to tell me what to do and you still got stuff to do on your end. I'm like, listen, don't try to tell me when you, you know, your stuff is raggedy raggedy too. I know mine's is, but I'm trying to fix it. So don't be quick to call the kettle black <laughs> in, the, in that sense. So that was a struggle in itself. But one thing I'm never ashamed of is the fact that I went and got help before it started to get worse within those few months. And I had just gotten into a new relationship um, at that time. And you never know why God places people in your life. He's now my ex, but he was where he needed to be at that time because I needed strength. I needed somebody to, to be there to really look out for me. And during that time that we were together, He stepped up to the plate. I had never had somebody that I've dated or called a boyfriend step up to the plate in the way that he did. Mm. And to be the fact that it's it's dealing with mental health, he had his own stuff, but that he loved me enough where he put it to the side and said, We gotta make sure that sleep is okay. I had to go on leave of absence from work for a month and two weeks because I was suicidal but I didn't want to go and have myself you know admitted I didn't I didn't want to so I was at home paranoid terrified like I couldn't drive anywhere I didn't trust anybody yeah just feeling like a hamster in the thing yeah
0: yeah in the, the first Look, wheel. looking
1: at, looking Right, looking at the wheel, knowing that I need to motivate myself, but I'm sitting over here in this corner because I am terrified. And I think one of the things that really hurt me the most is that the one thing that always healed me, I didn't have, I had no desire to do it. And it was my art. And there was the dead area in the apartment that me, my mom, and my brother were sharing. And I would get up and just go and just sit and look at all the art that I created, and there was a blank canvas sitting on the easel, and I looked at it, and I had no desire physically to do it
0: yeah physically I
1: was on n- nothing it was just like nothing there. The medication that I was on, and it was just one. Just made me very like monotone, like a monotone voice. Like I'm, I'm just there. I'm just existing. I'm not living. And I was like, I have to do, I have to do something. I had no desire to write in my journal, and that's something I did journal writing since I was a teenager because it was an outlet for me when people didn't want to listen to me. That was the other thing.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, one of the traumas that I had to deal with is the fact that yes, I'm the youngest. But I wasn't being heard. I wasn't being understood. I was being talked over. So that's what caused me to kind of come into myself and talk to and become closer with God because God always hears me, whether I'm awake or whether I'm asleep. Yeah. And not being able to journal, to, to let that out, I had no outlet, I had nothing. And I said, I, I said, Mom, I, I gotta do something. You know, I have my business. I was writing my first book and I says, mom, I said, this is my this is my gift. This is what I'm supposed to do. I'm here to heal people, but I can't even heal myself. I said, I have to do something. I said, mom, I'm not taking that medication. And she said, well, Selita, her being, then she turned from mom to being the nurse. She said, take the medication. I said, I'm not taking that damn medication. I said I don't like the way it makes me feel I don't like it I know there's other ways to do it and I'm not the type of person that likes to take pills
2: yeah
1: yeah. it's just it's just not it's just not in me so my mom was like all right we'll, we'll go the holistic route and my mom was on it she did the research for the holistic my boyfriend and my father helped out with the bills that I had I had you know couple months before that i got a brand new car was working and everything and they helped me by taking care of taking care of that while my mom looked up all the holistic and the therapist the first therapist i had she she wasn't the best she was an african-american woman yeah and she and she wasn't. I know all therapists are, you know, are different, but she wasn't really hearing what I had to say. Because you know how you can talk to somebody and you know that you've lost them because they get that kind of glare in their eyes? Yeah, yes. It happened. Yes. <laughs> yeah, they're like, yeah, yeah. And their eyes get all glassy. And you're like, dude, you are so not here. <laughs> yeah. You're gone. Yeah. You are over in He-Man's universe. So I explained to her that... I have to. I'm a, I said I want to thank you for your time, but I don't think you're the best therapist for me. I need my therapist to really hear me, understand me, and be able to comprehend. Because she's telling me, "Well, you don't have this." You, know, I was like, "How do you know what I have if you've never really fully taken in what I'm saying, my experiences?" So, she, sister girl had to go. She, she, she had to go, so I ended up getting a different therapist, and she she helped me greatly. Um, my mom located an acupuncturist. Um, his name is Riz, um, here in Maryland, in Glenwood, uh, Maryland. He saved my life. He really, really did. His energy was just right and he took the t- he took the time to educate me on how acupuncture is in, in your chi and I already knew about Chi and, and whatnot from my father because he studied he's a Bruce Lee fan yeah yeah so I love Bruce Lee because of my, my brother I think my father thought he was Bruce Lee growing up because I thought I looked at pictures but going to riz and going as fre- frequently as I was going and going to therapy when I tell you that that helped me and then I started taking uh, CBD oil without the THC yeah. because I still had to work and in Maryland they're very big on um, drug testing
2: right
1: and I don't do any uh, I don't do any recreational drugs
0: i'm about as healthy as they come when, when you but say when you that, say maryland, when you say maryland they're big on drug. you mean drug testing even in workplaces yes wow a lot of a, a lot
1: of places here in in maryland um they require you to do drug testing
0: wow i didn't know mm-hmm. that so so there's, there's oh yes so there's it doesn't even have to be a certain type of job It just there's places there's businesses that test you for drugs
1: right it's you know, it's contingent upon you. If you get an offer letter um for the my nine to five that I work for, my my start of my job was contingent based on the results from my drug test.
0: And what type of so drugs do they test that, for? What type of drugs do it test for? They,
1: pretty much anything in 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 everything. Wow any type of drug.
0: So what could hold it again? Which which one of them, is it all of them could hold it, you know, if we're going to say marijuana is a drug, is that one of them?
1: Yes.
0: And would that be held against you then?
1: A lot of times,
0: yeah. Yep. Wow. Oh wow. This is the first time I'm ever hearing this. I've never heard this before.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And you know, there's some people, you know, and I don't like anybody that, you know, smokes, you know, smokes marijuana. You go ahead and do it. Don't do it around me. Because for me, that stuff stinks. it stinks (laughs) you know making lips black and all this kind of stuff like oh god no so mm -mm, I don't do none of that stuff but I knew for my my job that I've been at now for two years they doing a drug testing and I said okay I'm taking CBD oil but it's without the THC I get the benefits without the high and with CBD oil and, and I don't know how it is over there but over here in the states it has and it's very holistic it has done wonders for children that battle you know and have autism
2: yeah.
1: because what it does is that it, it's a you, you basically you're having a chemical imbalance and that's basically that was what was going on with me and having to get me back on track and my my friend nick who actually owns Now he has three CBD stores. He, um, great educator. He's on Facebook. Um, I think it's CBD, Embrace Life. I forgot which one. But he really educated me, um, on that. Because my boyfriend at the time, you know, he, he smoked and everything. And he used to joke, Selena, you'd be all right if you smoked. I'm like, no, it's just not, not something that I'm into. You know, some people do say, um, that, you know, Smoking, you know, weed, marijuana, Mary Jane, whatever you wanna, whatever you wanna call it, uh, is a leeway to other drugs. And I'm like, no, nah, I'm not doing that because mm. I witnessed that through my through my own brother. So it was like, yeah, that's yeah. that's not a thing for me. And then my father's side, most of his brothers, they're on drugs too to this day. And they say, don't be like me, be better than me. So it was like, I got plenty of examples <laughs> of what not to do. So when I expressed to Nick, I said, yeah, you're going to have to educate me and show me and let me see because I really don't take anything. So when he explained about, you know, CBD oil without the THC and how it helps to correct the chemical imbalances that you're having, he's like, "You'll, you'll live a totally different life. So I started out with the gummies and they also help you to focus. They have like different types now.
2: Yeah.
1: And I think I got the, it was called the Saltiva. And I would have to take five drops uh, during the course of the day. And it really helped with focus. And when I tell you between going to my therapist, going to my psychiatrist, going to acupuncture and the CBD oil, it changed my life. I have already been meditating since I was 17 because I'm I'm a Taurus, I'm a hothead. (laughs) My mom says I'm dangerous. But meditation, having all of that and then doing meditation, it really got me more into my spirituality. I really got to know who I am at the center of my being. Nobody knows me better than I know me. I love myself enough to check myself and get on my own damn nerves. So if I can check myself, I'm not afraid to check anybody else because I've been to hell several times and came back even stronger. So the holistic route worked for me. It may not work for somebody else, but I'm the proof in the pudding that there is no shame in African American community. There is no shame in seeking professional help. And the one cop out that I think drives me nuts that people says, well, Why do I have to go to get a professional to talk about my issues? My answer is this. That professional is coming from an unbiased place. Number one, they don't know you from a hole in the wall. Two, you you're not really paying for it. Your insurance is paying for it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And, And number three, they can give you and provide you with a totally different perspective of your situation. They can't go from anywhere else based off the information that you are providing. And it's for your betterment. So you can see where you need to make changes. You can't say, oh, I want to, as a, as a man, I want to, you know, I eventually want to get married and I want to have children, I want to have a wife. If you're having issues with females. yeah, How you going to get to how are you gonna to get to that destination when you even ha- haven't faced the childhood traumas that you've had with women, and you're still battling that right now? You know, a lot of people don't want someone that's a project.
0: Do you that they do, have to? I was gonna say, have. do you find because um, you just mentioned it, then I'm wondering if that's something that you find that the um, with the black, we oh, saw African American, but black community, do you find that that's something? Um, which is, you know, the, the, them not, them not approaching therapists. Do you find that something that's, because it's, I know that as a as a black man and coming from a West Indian background and all that sort of stuff, and it seems to it seems to permeate even into other, no matter what, you know, whether you're Caribbean or whatever, it seems to permeate in the black culture that we keep secrets or we don't, or the older generation keeps secrets and and then it has an impact. And if you if something's happening to you. These traumas happen to you you've got to keep it quiet and keep it within the house or whatever and do you find that's happen do you find that that's you would say the same that's what's happening with um over there that we don't seek that a lot That black people do not seek therapists
1: exactly because the old the the saying is what goes on at home stays yeah. at home Yeah. that right there needs to go because the thing is is that It's keeping that person from really getting the help that they really need. It's like telling a black man, you have these emotions, but don't cry. You're supposed to be strong. There's strength in crying. I don't care who you are. You are more human when you cry. And then I tell people, I said, you know that we are the only creatures on this planet that have the ability to cry and shed tears. Because a dog won't cry, the dog will whine. Same thing with the cat. It's like, think about it. What other creatures on this planet have the ability to cry the way we do? And you'll find that there really isn't. There's strength in crying. Crying is cleansing. Makes you more human. It makes you even more relatable. People say, oh, you black man, you cry, you soft. No, you not, no. So if you're human You have emotions Just like women Shoot I cry all the time I cry when I'm hurt <laughs> I cry when I'm happy I cry when I get something That I want There's no shame in crying Cry It's okay But as far as That Which I hate About what goes on In the house Stays in the house No Because then you got a house Full of hurt And all that energy That bad energy Stays in that home It's seeping into the wall It's like Poltergeist Like the movie <laughs> yeah yeah and you can't thrive. You can't thrive in a, in a in an environment like that. So you have to get to a point, you know, in your self-discovery, in your evolution. You have two options. You can either stay where you are and stay static or be the dynamic person that God needs you to be because you have a purpose. And it's your pur- purpose. It has your name on it. So sometimes you have to leave family, you have to leave friends behind, and you have to instill those boundaries and say, you know what, I'm, a, I'm doing a new thing. I got to put aside all this other stuff that does not serve me and go to my greatest good, even if I have to go by myself. But technically, you're really not by yourself because, you know, when God is for you, then get, who can be against you? You're never, you're, you're never by yourself. You just made yourself a priority and everybody's not gonna be happy about that because they can't use you like they used to do it before. So it takes courage to really step out of a comfort zone that you've known all your life and go into something that's totally you know, unexplored, the unknown. And as we know in the black community, folks are terrified of the unknown. But if you start looking at it with kids' eyes, start looking at it like it's an adventure certain words have certain kind of negative and positive connotations to it change it up yeah. this is your story you are the writer be the writer not the victim so let's
0: let's talk let's because talk, it, let's talk about the things that you're because you said you've got the, you had the therapy you've you're now blossoming you you mm-hmm. things are changing what what's brought you to this even to this point now even to to this podcast and What's brought you to this point now? You know, we talk about the spiritual things. We talk about the, the changes that you've made. Um, you, you, do you see? Do you feel that you are in a more happier place now?
1: Absolutely. I am really enjoying the process. Every hiccup, trial, and tribulation that I'm having, it's it's something for me to learn to be better. So I'm loving where I am and where you know I'm going and I know that someone can get inspired after what I've been through because I'm me all day every day unapologetically authentically myself I don't fake the funk or nobody I'm not Willy Wonka I'm not sugarcoating anything it's like if you want if you want somebody to sugarcoat it, you better go to the candy store. Cause all you're gonna get is realness over here. Because I tell people, I said, Listen, if I can check myself, what makes you think I won't check you? I'll be like, I'll wait. Because people, you know, think that if you're best friends for somebody for X amount of years, they go to do something, get a free pass, nah, homie. You don't get no free pass because if I say that I'm your friend, I'm going to check you because I'm your friend. We're not doing no pretenders over here. we too grown for it. And you see it on social media so many times. And your real friends, they're going to check you because they love you. They're going to challenge you to be better because they see your greatness. If they can't see that, they can get back in line and be a spectator. Cause you're not getting in the VIP section. Yeah. And people need to be more selective in who they they talk to, who they hang around with and whatnot, because everything can can begin and end with you. Where is your energy? Where your energy goes, that's where it's gonna flow to. It takes the universe five seconds to manifest anything that you're thinking. So if you're Throughout the day, saying "I don't want to have a flat tire," I want a flat tire. Guess what? Guess what's going to happen? You going to go to your car? You going to have a flat tire? So you have to be in a state of mindfulness at all times and be grateful. Because gratefulness and an open heart allows for abundance to come in—not just love, but the people that sing your tribe. You got to cultivate your good energy for, for yourself, and you can do that in your own home, and that's very evident in what's going on in the world today. Because now you're seeing the the mental state of so many people, whether we know them or not, it is playing out on social media. How people have used work as a means to escape the headaches at home and not really dealing with their issues with either their spouse or boo thing or side chick, yeah. <laughs> you know, even with dealing with their kids can really you can really see that but you know some people you know they're, they're happy in their ignorance but your ignorance is going to end up leading you off the cliff and you don't even think it's a cliff yeah. so it's like a wake-up call and it's like go ahead and step into that adventure not the unknown go ahead and step into that adventure so by me you know Getting on doing the podcasting, which actually, you know, since you know Black Women Heal, um, the show, me and my other co-host Monique, we talked. This was about maybe three years ago. We I went over to her house and we were sitting down. And we were talking, and we had talked about starting a podcast on spirituality and a couple of other things. Yeah, and then we didn't talk about it you know, anymore, like it just kind of the idea went out to the universe and it was just, just marinating, it was just simmering yeah. <laughs> and then like just sitting there, just getting, getting, getting all ready and then um, my other co-host Cheyenne, she reached out to me um, last December, December of 2020 and said, hey Celie, you know I'm um, thinking about starting a podcast I said um, let's go she was like you didn't i didn't even have to tell you i said no sign me up and she said, Slee, what well, you already know she's like you're spiritually gifted i said yeah i said sign me up and she said okay let me talk to the other people that i have in mind so when she got ashley and sheena we all went to high school together we either had class together or we hung out together but they all bring their own kind of flavor, their own different takes on spirituality and yeah. what you know they've been through in different stages and stuff. So me, I just, I come in. Cheyenne calls me the quiet giant because I like to listen to what everybody has to say. And then I say what comes through, any type of, of, of message, and it's sincere. There's nothing fake about what I do. Yeah. Absolutely nothing. because it's like when you've dealt with so much fake stuff you know growing up and being bullied and stuff the best thing you can do is to hold yourself accountable if there's something that needs to be fixed it's your job to fix it don't scapegoat don't play the victim own up to your stuff it makes you more real because you don't ever know that your story, no matter how big or small, your sacrifices, no matter how big or small, is going to inspire somebody to take that leap. And I took that leap when I decided to write, you know, my first book. It's called uh, Life, Love, God, and All the Other Bullshit.
0: <laughs> right, I want you, And I want you now, sorry to put you there, but I want you now to... Promote your book. Go, do it.
1: Okay. Get it out there. All right. put out there. All right, y'all. Y'all really need to get my book. It's called Life, Love, God, and all the other bullshit. Yes, there are a lot of good comic book aspects in it, but it's things in there to enhance your life. It's a set of collections of of quotes that I created over a five-year period, even when I was in my healing process. It's one of those coffee table books. It's $14.99 on Amazon. You can get it on uh, Barnes and Nobles. And if you are an ebook reader, you can get it on ebook for, I believe it's like $9.99. And it will enhance your life. And one of my favorite quotes out of that book is If you keep showing me your old ways, I'm going to show you new ways to kiss my ass. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> oh yes it's and I've gotten so much great feedback from that book and I think I'm at the point now where I have 350 copies sold
0: I was going to say to you because you didn't you said you mentioned something about writing a book in pre, um, earlier but you never said when did you when did the book come about and and you know how and and how? and also and also what was it what did it feel like to have to have the book finished and have this physical thing in your hand
1: oh my goodness it to have the physical book i cried yeah. i cried yeah. because people want to put so much on how to write a book do this forget all about that you go get yourself a nice journal a nice pen you know I tell people, go to Marshalls, and that's another department store that everybody here in the States love. Go to Marshalls, go get the, the notebook, and just sit down and just start writing. Don't worry about formatting, don't worry about title, just write and do it. Because I had people telling me, I said, I'm not doing all that, I'm doing it my way, this is my book. And the, I left because I'm thinking about my, my, my dad, because he actually helped inspire the title of of the book because I'm such, that the writer side of me comes from my mother. So it's like, I got the art from my dad and I got the writing from my mom. I still write in cursive. And it's like cursive that you see that's um, almost during Shakespeare's time. He's one of my favorites. So I'm I'm constantly writing and I write all the time in
2: cursive.
1: Right. And writing that book and those quotes, and I tell you, quotes would come to me at work I could be in the car it doesn't matter it was on like a piece of paper a piece of gum wrapping the, the tag of something I just bought the receipt and I would put okay this is the quote this is the section that it's going in and then I would put the date that I wrote it so then when I would come home I had this jar and I would just drop it in there because it was right by the front door and I would just drop it in there so then at the end of each week I would take it out and then I would organize it in a book and write it out until it was time for me to, to type it. And my book helped heal me. It's the same thing as journaling. So in a sense, I took my journal and made it into, into a book. Yeah. And you, my per- everyone has said, so your personality really jumps off the pages. I said, good. But I think one of the things that I love about the title when they say, well, why is there a why in bullshit? I said, it got you thinking, didn't it? Yeah. And they say, you know what? You're right. Yeah, it does. I want people to think. Yeah. Think. Because there's so many rules when it comes to society. You better start thinking and doing why you, why it's still legal. Think for yourself. Did you, Do it for yourself.
0: Did you write that book then after... Bit, you know the bit when you spoke about looking at the after the CBD bit, where we looked at the the blank canvas and all that sort of the painting stuff. Did you was it was you writing before and then it kind of came to a standstill? Then you and you started writing again, and it's just this book just came out of that.
1: Well, I started writing, or I got the inspiration for writing the book, or just in general, it had to be back in two thousand and twelve. I didn't have my miscarriage till 2013, so I was still, I was still writing during that during that time and dealing with that issue. So there's a lot of hard hitting quotes in there about love.
0: I knew you are gonna say life
1: and, and, I and like everything.
0: I knew you were gonna. Everything. S- I was waiting. I was waiting. <laughs> I was waiting. Bang! It, I was waiting because the question, <laughs> the question I was gonna ask you earlier was, what the miscarriage and you being getting down and upset wasn't just the miscarriage. It would have been a culmination of you must have had mm-hmm. love for this man, this person, and for him to abandon you like that um after you have been alone all that time and you getting out there not wanting to be with any boys then then meeting somebody having have back to have a baby have miscarriage and you must have loved that person and then that must have culminated in you having the breakdown yeah that's what I and over the next yeah, yeah
1: and then over the, like the next couple of because then um I had the miscarriage later on that year I had my first failed um suicide attempt and then the following year um there was something else that happened that really kind of broke me down and i had my second failed attempt and it was actually my cat joey who saved me that's why i don't leave any doors uh closed yeah.
0: they're always open yeah i thought there's some girls that behind he, it as well yeah
1: yeah yeah, yeah. He, it was just me and him he my my cat joey saved my life and I tell people this all the time because you know animals and, and and being a spiritual person but knowing that my my cats and and this is Googleable as well that cats you know the reason why they sleep so much because they are in between planes they go from the earthly plane to the spiritual plane and time on the spiritual plane is not the same as on the earthly plane where we can lay down for five minutes here it could be five hours or even longer on the other side because there's there's no sense of time. So that's why cats sleep the way they do. And it said that if you go, if you move into somewhere that's brand new, to allow the cat to go in because cats, they transmute negative energy. They yeah. carry it in their bodies. So if a cat comes up to you and rubs against you, guess what? It noticed that something was on you and it got rid of it for you they're transmuting energy all the time and cats are very particular about who can come in certain areas like my cats they they do the whole uh no new friends and pretty much everybody knows how i feel about you know energy especially coming to my home and my cats it's like they chin check people my joey will look at me and i'm like joey he's a he or she is a friendly He looks at me like are you sure and i'm like this go right ahead and they're looking i said my cat needs to fill you out before you can go any further in my house yeah and those that know have passed they're like wow my cats are very much like me they're very loving they're very caring they're they're, they're just all the way funny and animals know they know when you're not feeling good they know don't ever think that animals are stupid because they're I've had Every animal,
0: almost on the planet, but they know. Yeah, I was going to say to you, going back to the parts where you think it. I just want to make sure that the listeners out there kind of um, understand how you managed to get over that part. There's two parts. When you said you uh,
2: um, attempted
0: attempted suicide, what is Mm -hmm. what did you? How did you attempt, or did you? and, and what brought you back?
1: what brought me back i was thinking about my nieces and nephews yeah because i'm the cool aunt (laughs) and i'm the cool aunt that does art and has tattoos i have 11 and 13 piercings you know i'm the cool aunt and they always would come to me to to talk they could be themselves they know that it's a judgment-free zone. They can speak how they feel. They can cuss, I don't care. They gotta express, you know, I give them the space and the safety for them to to really express themselves. And I was thinking about how devastated they would be if I wasn't here. Yeah. That's, 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 what, that's what it really loves because like I said, I, I love kids and if God says, Selita, in order for your nieces and nephews to live and be great, you would have to die i would say i'm ready i would do that for them yeah i love them that much i love kids that much so much so um friday before i had to record um for a black Women heel show with with my girls um i had to go to the store called five below and there was a woman in there. Her name was Tonda. She uh, was asking me about the color of a water bottle because she had got a bike, and I, you know, didn't know this woman from a hole in the wall. <laughs> and then she got sad. I'm like, well, why are you sad? She said because she wants to get her granddaughter a water bottle, but while she was away in Florida, somebody stole her bike. And I'm like, Lord, and you know, if you had your bike stolen. It's like the worst thing on the planet as a kid. Yeah. And I said to her, I said, you know what? I said, I have a bike at home. I said, I'm too big for it. It's 27. It's a 27. She can have it. She looked at me and says, ma'am, are you serious? I said, ma'am, I'm serious like a heart attack. I said, she she can have it. Because on top of that, the, her granddaughter was, was recovering um, from COVID. So it's like, bike stolen, COVID, like double whammy. She's a kid, you know, I want kids to have great memories. But she was like, are you serious? I said, ma'am, I'm very serious. Yeah. And it was something about her spirit. Cause you know, I don't normally say, you know, you can follow me home. I, I don't do stuff like that, but you know, God said it was okay. And she followed me and I came right in here and got the bike and brought it up to her. She was praising God in the store, and she was praising God outside. I said, she was like, do you want anything for it? I said, no, ma'am, I don't want nothing for it. I just want to tell her to make great memories with it and, and be happy. So I, I did that, and then um, we had exchange numbers, and yesterday she actually sent me a thank you video from her granddaughter, and she said that she's so happy, and I said, that's all I wanted it doesn't cost anything to brighten somebody's day see how they're doing yeah money money is not everything it's a necessity
0: Yeah, that's fantastic. but it's
1: what you do for others
0: yeah fantastic and um you know we've been speaking for almost two hours now it's been um it's been again yeah, fascinating listening to you listen to you so what i want, want i want to i want to have you back on again because there's some parts of it i want to there's some parts of things that I would like you to talk about in terms of how those things sure. not affect I'm not talking about you in terms of how it would impact other people like so let's just say the mis, a miscarriage how would that affect different people in different ways and what you know just some people might not know what a miscarriage is or things just things like that and how those so it could be i'd uh, like to, to talk about different aspects of what can um affect our mental health, so that's probably one topic and 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 some some other things that you spoke about there, and also, what can we do to heal? Um, so you spoke about things that could help you heal, which is therapy. Because we can talk about that another time. Um, art, art therapy. Um, yeah,
1: yeah, there's a lot. There's, there's a lot. There, there's so. There just it's so much with with me because my whole thing is help one, help all. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's like if I can help somebody while on my way, then my living isn't in vain. And yeah. we're all here to help each other in some kind of capacity. We just gotta get past all these societal veils that's yeah. been put in front of us yeah. and do the healing work, do the shadow work.
0: Yeah, but talk, again, there's nothing thing- Yeah, the one Another thing you can, gotta talk, want it. No thing can talk about is talking about you being a, you growing up as a black, not you growing up as in your story again, but about being a black woman and a black person in America. That could be another thing as well. So. I think we've got more to talk about um, in different episodes, so yes. Um, what would you say to somebody out there that may be struggling? Because um, you've you've got through it, and I'm going to believe that, because clearly you're here, that when you go through one thing one time, and you go through it another time, you, it's the first time it is, is actually makes you stronger, and you get stronger each time as you... So when something hits you, um, you... You, it's almost like taking a. It's like being being in boxing. If you take a punch, one. If you don't take a punch, you get hit. You're gonna you're gonna fall. But if you take the punch right. enough times, you less likely to. You, you Not know I mean it's gonna hurt you or whatever, but it's less likely to hurt than the first time, or you're less likely to fall. So, um, or you'll fall and you'll get back up. Um, right. What would you say to people that maybe struggling, with, you know, with the mental, you know, struggling with the things that happen in their lives and and anything that's happening right now
1: i would suggest definitely um talk to a therapist or a psychiatrist or someone that that's in your circle that is very open and the the energy feels right if it feels right for you to talk to that person and they create that safe place for you go to that person because you are not alone your ego would make you want to think that you're by yourself as I tell you your ego is not your damn amigo all ego isn't bad but when it comes to this your ego is not your damn amigo so you got to tell it to sit down because it's your spiritual side that supports the rule over your ego so if there's someone that you feel safe with, that you can truly confide in, go and talk to them. And, but then also seek professional help because a lot of times, um, whatever, you know, occupation someone may be in, what they don't know is that, especially now, that therapy is covered in their medical benefits. You're already putting money towards it. Utilize the service. I know that's what I did. I was working for United Healthcare, and I reached out, and they said, "Yeah, you get five free sessions." And I told them what kind of therapist I wanted, and they were able to get give me all that information. So the first step is really accepting the fact that there is a problem, but you can't solve it by on your own. You've tried. You tried, you tried, you tried. Now it's time to take it a step further because that first step is the step to you get into a happier version of yourself. You're supposed to be happy. You're not meant to be sad and down and life kick you in the butt. And I'll I'll say this. My grandmother would always say to me, Selita, how's, how's life treating you? Better yet, how are you treating life?
0: Well, good point
1: there. That's what she would say. And it gets thinking. So I say that to everybody, all your listeners. If you're ever in a situation and you're thinking life is just kicking my butt, but how are you treating life? Sit down, analyze that. Go out in nature. Go ground. Go walk in the grass. How are you treating life? Yeah, We're all just walking each other on.
0: Yeah. Definitely. And um, Mm -hmm. let's uh, tell the listeners again, what's your book called? Where can you be found? um, What's your podcast called? And where they can find you, whether it's social media or anywhere.
1: Okay, great. Yes. Well, my book is called Life, Love, God, and All the Other Bullshit. Uh, Title was something after my dad cracking a joke. Um, It can be found on all major book retailers, but I know everybody likes Amazon and Barnes & Noble's. Um, I am one of the co-hosts for Black Women Heal Show. We do have our page on Instagram as well as Facebook. And we also have a YouTube channel. So definitely check us out, like, share, um, and subscribe. Um, You can find me on all social media platforms. I I go by Forever with the Forever Garden Artists um, on Instagram. Twitter's different, Pure Vision, but everything's kind of linked, so go, definitely go to my Instagram account, and that'll get you tuned in, but I I follow everybody back, and I, I communicate with everybody, so I don't ignore anybody's messages, I'm here to help.
0: Yeah, I'd say thank you for coming on the show, I thank mean, you. it's been it's been um, fascinating listening to you, and just brilliant listening to your story, and how you've overcome so much and I'm sure there was more. Thank you, I'm sure, I'm sure you could have gone more in depth, but um, you know, from what we've on you know, gathering, that there's, there's, you know, that's that that was in, in terms of getting your story. That is enough because I mean, there's, I'm sure there's going to be more in the book and, and things like that. And, and what I'd like to say to you as well is well done. I mean, absolutely. I mean, I'm not patronising. Okay? I'm saying absolutely brilliant. I, I'm not saying this to to to. I'm actually bigging you up because I always. I always believe that when you come from something, if you come from so many you know, someone's bullied you and you've been bullied and um you've gone through you know, you've gone through struggles, you know, with love or like you say the miscarriage and, and then struggles with your parents, you know, you know, you and you sometimes you have to try and you look at your parents, you've got to think, oh well, there's you know, we've got to heal. How do we heal? How you know, how do we get back to that love and how do we get that, that healing? Because sometimes our parents of going through we often, we often forget that sometimes they've they've grown they've grown up before we were born and they would have gone through their things to do you not know I mean to kind of condition to how they are with us do you understand what i mean so i know it's not a, not an excuse but sometimes we and sometimes we have to try and um look at them and think oh you know what you know the the human after all or whatever so you know it's been and for you to then go and write a book and then you said you cried about it and stuff like that. That must have been, um, it must have been so powerful to be able to get this, not only just finish it, but just to wait for this thing coming through the post or whatever, this physical thing. And it's almost your, it's almost like um, sticking two fingers up to people. Do you know what I mean? It's almost like saying, oh, there you go. Mm-hmm. That's, there you go, for that's that's what you get for bullying me. That's what you get for, um, for doing that. Oh, that's what you get for this because look, I've I've managed to come through it, and I've look I've got this thing here, you know. Because not many people, not there's not everybody and everybody writes a book. Do <laughs> see what I mean? Right,
1: exactly. And I'm actually writing. Um, there's a part two to my first book, yeah. and then I'm also writing. I think either four or five more. I'm working on them simultaneously. Fantastic. So it's like, and then I also have a blog, a blog site. It's it's linked. Um, they can go to the link in my bio on Instagram, Forever Guarded Artist, and there's so much information on my blog site as far as you know, just like help and bring perspective. It's so much information. I think I've been blogging for like two years. Yeah, I've been
0: blocking for two years, but this, I have so much information out there to help. I'm here to help. Fantastic, and I say thank you for that. And and uh, thank I'll, you I'll definitely
1: be in touch again. Oh, and, I, I look forward to it.
0: And that was Men Are Nuts. Speak to you soon. Okay.